Hello and welcome to a new football podcast, Total Football. This football podcast is aimed at football fans that have an interest in the beautiful game, as we know it, football. Myself, Ben Wyatt, and my fellow podcaster, Josh Buxey, will be discussing the hottest topics in the world of football through our own discussions, but then also through interviews from professionals involved in the game. A small disclaimer that this episode was recorded at the start of the season and is simply a trial to see the reaction that it gets. Nonetheless, let's get into our very first episode of Total Football. In this podcast, we'll be discussing how COVID-19 affected the Premier League, whilst also providing our predictions for the new season. So stay tuned to get your football fix on HM Radio. This is the latest in the year that the Premier League season has ever began, due to obvious reasons. And this weekend, the Prem kicked off with a 3-0 win for Arsenal at Craven Cottage. Crystal Palace beat Southampton 1-0. Liverpool hosted the Championship winners' leads in a thrilling 4-3 win to Liverpool. With their behind-the-scenes struggles, West Ham fell to a 2-0 loss at New- well, uh, to Newcastle. Leicester beat West Brom 3-0 as Jamie Vardy scored two penalties. Spurs lost to Everton as Calvert-Lewin scored a header. Wolves beat Sheffield United 2-0 with both of their goals coming within eight minutes of the kickoff. And Chelsea won 3-1 on the south coast at Brighton. The global pandemic has, has affected everybody, but especially football. There was a three-month pause from March all the way into June. And there was a chance of being the season null and void, which would of course cause... Um, caused great distress to Liverpool as their title challenge had been so good this season and also to Leeds who were top of the championship at the time. Players had to keep fit at home. This affected players' mental health and as well as their physical health. But then with Premier League project restart in June the 17th, the Premier League restarted but with no fans. So Josh, as a fan, how is it affecting football? Well, it's affecting all sorts of people. Some fans can't watch it because they can't afford to get the channels that the games are on. And it's affecting players as they can not see families sometimes as they may be at risk of getting the virus. Some teams have performed better and some teams have performed worse in the league since they've returned. Yes, fans can impact football games so much, like cheering them on, chanting, but doing a way can to help the team get across the line. So with teams having that support behind them, it's been a bit different. So at first, there wasn't as many goals or like good games, I thought. It's a bit more slower. But as the season progressed with no fans, I thought the games got more entertaining. Yeah, City are a good example of that. They started off not scoring many goals, but as they got further into the season, they started scoring five against every team they played. Yeah, so with this, more games are going to get broadcasted now online or on the BBC to allow fans to watch um, games that may not have been on the TV. So, yeah. Now we will reflect on the league and our last season, our last season, team of the season. So, Josh, what was um, your formation due to the team of the season? I used the 4-4-2. Yep, I'll be using a 4-4-2 as well. So we'll go position, position by position. And I, was, I will go for Nick Pope and goal. He kept 15 clean sheets for a 10th place Burnley. I also went for Nick Pope. Alisson was a good contender, but I feel like Nick Pope's season was better as he played for a team like Burnley and not the champions. 
Yeah. At right back, I'll go for Trent Alexander Arnold. I think he's a player that could play in any position and do like such a great job. Getting 13 assists and also four league goals is amazing for a right back. I also went for Trent Alexander-Arnold. I feel like his defensive capabilities are underrated as he had the same tackle success rate as uh, Wan-Bissaka last season. Then at left-back, I went with Robertson, who is playing for Liverpool as well, as well as Trent. Again, getting 12 assists and two goals. Just a great attacking force down the left wing. Yeah, I also went for Robertson. He has a work rate that is unmatched at that left-back position. He gets up and down the pitch for 90 minutes and he provides for the team. Yeah, so my two centre-backs, I went for Suyin Chu from Leicester, who helped him to get 12 clean sheets as he managed to get a fifth place in the table. Then I also went for Van Dijk, who's a force at Liverpool's back four. And without him, I don't think he would have won the league, getting 15 clean sheets and popping up with five goals. I also went for Van Dijk. You can see the difference that he's made to the Liverpool defence since he's came in from Southampton. And I also went for John Egan at Sheffield. I think he, without him last season, when they they were so much worse, you can see the difference when he's not playing. Yeah. So the two centre mids, I went for Jordan Henderson, who may not have got all the goals and assists that other midfielders may have got, but he captained Liverpool to their first Premier League title in 30 years, and I think he's a very underrated midfielder. Next to him, I went with Kevin De Bruyne, who got 13 goals and 20 assists, and who also ended up getting the PFA Player of the Year. I also went for Henderson and De Bruyne. I think Henderson doesn't get the goals, like Ben's just said, but the way he influences the Liverpool midfield is ridiculous. He didn't play in some certain games and they lost them. And De Bruyne, well, it just... It's just how it is. He get the he gets goals, he gets assists, and he won Player of the Year. Yep. So for my left midfield, I went for Pierre Aramic. P- bit difficult name to say that is, but uh, Abamyang, who got twenty two goals for a struggling Arsenal, who kind of helped him half halfway through the last season, trying to get like back up the table after having a very poor start. So yeah. I also went for Abamyang. Twenty two goals, many games won for them. They needed him to get to where they were. Yeah. On the other side, at right midfield, I went for Mohamed Salah, who bagged 19 goals and 10 assists. However, they didn't really talk about him much last season, I don't think, mainly because of his previous two seasons where he did, like, got into nearly 30 goals. But I think another good season for him with 19 goals. You can't complain. I've also gone for Salah. I think since he's had his first season in the Premier League and broke the goal-scoring record, he's been underrated. People are expecting too much for him, and he has just won the league with Liverpool. Yeah. So for my two strikers, two Englishmen, you've got Jamie Vardy, who bagged the golden boot with 23 goals, and also Danny Ings of Southampton getting 22 goals for himself as well. I've also gone for Jamie Vardy and Danny Ings. Jamie Vardy, golden boot, you can't leave the golden boot winner out. And Danny Ings scored 43% of Southampton's goals last season, and that deserves the team of the season. Yeah, especially as a Saints fan for you, Josh. Like After that 9-0 loss to Leicester, Danny Ings really stepped up, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, after the 9-0 loss, even I was expecting relegation, but Danny Ings came and he sorted the team out. Yeah, so our teams are very similar there. As a manager, I noted this down, but who would you go for manager of the season? I think I'd have to go for Klopp. I mean, Liverpool haven't won a league title in 30 years and he's gone and done it. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. But also, um, Chris Boulder, what he did with Sheffield United. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah. So moving on to our predictions for the season. 
So I've gone with, we'll start with the champions who I think will win the league. I'm going to go with Man City. I think they'll come back fighting after seeing what Liverpool have done to them. Nearly being 20 points away from last season, I think Pep will be installing into their brain like to make them push on and like do better than what Liverpool have done. Yeah, I've also gone for Man City. I feel like Pep doesn't like losing. You saw in the All or Nothing documentary that they've done, he shouts, he gets angry when they're not doing well. Yeah, and I feel like he'll sort them out this season. Yeah, for the bottom three, I'm going to go with... West Brom, West Ham and Aston Villa. I know Aston Villa did okay last season, just staying up in the final day, but I don't think they'll have enough to stay up this season. Then with West Ham, all the behind-the-scenes antics with, um, you see Grady Dean Garner, a promising West Ham youngster who was on loan at West Brom last season. They they sold him to back to West Brom for like 20 million. Then you saw Mark Noble got head to Twitter to, like, to show his distress. It's not looking good for them in the dressing room, dressing room at all. Yeah, I've gone for Fulham, West Ham, West Brom to be relegated. I feel like Fulham will be dead last. They don't have a good enough team to play in the Premier League. West Ham, I mean, when you've got your captain kicking off at owners, it's not going to look good for you in the season. And I also feel like West Brom will finish 18th and they just their team's just not good enough. They have some good players, but I don't think they'll be able to hold it for 38 games. Yeah, I agree with what Mark Noble was saying on Twitter, but... As a professional footballer, you can't really do that on social media, what it is these days, because I guess it just gets highlighted so much and you may get like punished for that. But what do you think about it? Yeah, I feel like I get what he's saying, but I just don't think he should be saying it. Yeah. It's going to come out bad for him. Yeah, I'm sure the West Ham fans agree with him as well. But um, for Leeds, I think they'll get mid-table. People saying in Europe, but I think that's a bit too much for them. Like first, first league season in Prem for like 16 years. Yeah, I've gone for Leeds at thirteenth. I feel like they'll be, they'll be a good side, but people are overrating them a bit too much just because of what they used to be. Yeah. Um. What do you think about Liverpool? Then? I think Liverpool finished second. I I don't think they'll have as good a season. They'll lose more games, but I feel like they still will do well. Yeah. And just finish above Chelsea. Yeah. Well, I put Liverpool down for fourth because last season they got quite lucky with injuries, not getting many, especially for a front three, but. This season, I've got a feeling they might get a few more injuries. For example, like Salah or Mane, because without them, who is, who's going to replace them? Yeah, they don't have much squad depth. And for some reason, they don't make any signings. But I feel like if they do have an injury that affects them massively, it will be Van Dijk. Yeah. Like with Man City, their second team could almost challenge the Premier League, couldn't they? Yeah, City have the most depth in their squad in the league, maybe even the world. Yeah, so after Spurs losing their first game of the season, how do you think they'll do under Jose Mourinho? I feel like they'll finish eighth. I think they'll just miss out on Europa League this year because they'll be battling with teams like Wolves and Everton who are hungry. Yeah, Wolves and Everton look really good this season. Everton getting literally a new midfield of Hammers, Decore and Allen, who played really well against Tottenham. So I think they'll be up there around Europe, but I'll put them down for eighth. So, yeah. Where do you think Southampton will finish this season? Um... It's a tough one, really, because they never seem to start very well, but then they always pick up. So I'm putting them down for ninth, maybe just missing out on Europe, European football, but I don't think I'd be in a relegation scrap. I think I'd be safe from that, but a mid-table finish. Yeah, as a Southampton fan, I feel like 10th is realistic. After last season, at the end, we looked promising, and I think it was after match week 14, we finished, we were fourth in the table onwards. But I don't feel like we'll keep that up all season we'll just finish mid-table how do you rank Ralph Parson who towards like one of your like maybe best managers for what he's done yeah since we've been back in the Premier League I'd, 
I'd might I might have to rank him second behind Ronald Koeman. He's he had a tough start, but he sorted the team out, and now he's looking promising. To get him going off that nine 0 loss to Leicester, that's like, oh, that's t- that takes some doing, I think. Yeah, it does, and he even said himself he would have sacked himself after that game. He thought I shouldn't be here anymore, but then he worked hard, and he's got where he is. Now we will talk about the transfer window and who was the best drawing it. I think that Everton have been outstanding, having James Rodriguez, Allen and Decore coming in for around £60 million combined. And, I mean, they still need a new centre-back, but I feel like the midfield's going to help them out massively. Yeah, I think Everton would do really well this season, especially with their signings. James Rodriguez in the 2014 World Cup lit that up, but... And when he's been to Real Madrid, he did well at first, but then under Zinedine Zidane, he didn't need to get, like, he wasn't getting picked as much. So then he went off to Bayern Munich, did it right, but now he's chosen to come to Premier League. So I can't wait to see him play. He was good on Sunday as well against Tottenham. Yeah, creating quite a few chances. And then with, you got Allen, like a great, like, like bulldog midfield, winning the ball back, similar to Kante, kind of. Yeah, man and match on his debut, that's amazing. Yeah, also Aston Villa have done quite well after. Just securing um, safety in the Premier League, getting in Ollie Watkins, who got loads of goals for Brentford last season, just for twenty eight million. Then also Emmy Martinez from Arsenal, who the goalkeeper, who got quite a few um, appearances after Bernd Leno was out injured, helping him to win the FA Cup and also the Community Shield. Looks Yeah, for sixteen million. Sixteen million looks a sniff, really. Matty Cash came in. That's a great right back for Aston Villa, and obviously they've just secured a five year deal with Grealish. Yeah, that is massive. That's that's almost, that's almost a new signing as it is. Yeah, that's that's gonna get the Villa fans buzzing. He kind of like reminds me of like, like he's like the face of Aston Villa, isn't he? Like yeah. like, like Messi for Barca. Yeah, he's like he's he's their hero. He's not, it looks like maybe he will never leave. Yeah. He's had plenty of chances. He's still there. And also being a Chelsea fan myself, they've had a great window after not being able to sign anybody last season. They've gone out all guns blazing. Thiago Silva on the three. Malang Sarr on the free, so that's helping out our defensive issues, even though Malang Sarr be going out on loan to get some more first-team experience. But then Ben Chilwell left-back, as Frank Lampard didn't really fancy Marcus Alonso last season for £45 million. Looks a bit steep, but hopefully you'll prove his price tag. Then also Timo Werner, £44 million. That is a great signing to help with his, um, I think he scored 34 goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Pushing up with Lewandowski, so he's a great striker. Then also... Hakim Ziyech, Havertz, just add to the creativity with Havertz being our record signing. So, yeah, I think we'll do well this season. Yeah, I feel like Abramovich was ready to be to be able to spend again. He was he was straight out into the window signing Ziyech before it was even open. And they're looking like a dangerous team this season. They've spent a lot of money, but I feel like it'll work out for them. The one problem I have, well... We've got Kepa and Goal, who looked a bit shaky last night against Brighton, letting one go right under his arm. But there's talk about us getting in at Mendy from Lille, that goalkeeper. So he's 28, he's six foot five or six. So he looks like a, like a big presence. So maybe him coming in will make us title contenders. Because without a good goalkeeper, you can never win a title. Because can you name me any Premier League team that's won the Prem with having like an average goalkeeper? No, like maybe the only one you could argue is Schmeichel, but he's well classed. He's still well. good. Yeah, yeah he's he's still good. Makes a lot of saves. Yeah, I've saw some clips of Mendy. He looks like he's a big presence. He wins the ball in the box. He he just challenges for the ball and he wins it. Yeah, like with Pep Guardiola when he first went to Man City, he brought in Bravo. He was like 
wasn't very good at all. So then he brought in Edison. He's got to be ruthless as manager Frank Lampard has, like getting like a good goalkeeper and you'll be title contenders. And then same with Klopp, getting Allison instead of Carriers because you all know what Carriers is like. You're getting a world class goalkeeper and they'll put you up there. Yeah, I feel like with Liverpool, it's a bit dodgy at the moment because they haven't made a sign in this season. And after like previous years, teams that don't make sign ins don't do as well. Yeah, like with Chelsea in 2014 15, won a Mourinho. The next season didn't make any big signings, really. We got a foul cam online, but everyone knows how that went. And finished 10th. Yeah, awful season. So, yeah, Liverpool got um dip into the market, I think. They're possibly going to look like getting maybe Thiago from Bayern Munich. I mean, that's been rumbling on for a while now, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's a quality signing. He's one of the best midfielders in the world. Dribbles up with the ball, good pass range. It'll be a good signing, but it just comes down to whether they actually go through with it. Yeah, because then there's possibility of um, Genie Wijnaldum going to Barcelona to link up with his national team coach, Ronald Koeman. So we need some replacements, surely. Yeah, they, they can't get away with not spending any money. Yeah. So then in other news, Neymar, one of five, sent off in injury time brawl as Marseille beat PSG 1-0. It's been announced that non-televised EFL Cup ties to be streamed live. Dortmund increasingly confident on keeping Man United's top target, Jadon Sancho. And this one hurts for me, but there's rumours circulating that Tottenham are interested in Southampton star Danny Ings. That's it for our very first episode of Total Football. We hope that you enjoyed this trial podcast. As a result of this, all feedback is welcome. You can do this by reaching out to my journalism Instagram account, which is at ben.journalism. As I said, all feedback is welcomed and all support is very much appreciated too. So thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope to be back soon, providing our football fans with the football debates they love.